everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about the fitness world and this seismic shift that is going on. Did you like that? Because I like that one a lot. There's a seismic shift going on in the fitness world and in the world at large, and we won't say the COVID word, but you know what? That forced us all to reset. And so it's not about what happened, it's about where are we going? And so I have a great friend, she's been with me before, her name is Joella Hopkins. She is my guest today. She is the VP of Group Fitness for EOS Fitness. And Joella is a good friend, a great speaker. I love having her on because she and I can just talk forever. So sit tight because we might be running for an hour or so. Just kidding. All right. Welcome, Joella. Hey, thank you, Angie. Great to be back. And you it look is- very pretty. You look really pretty, by the way. Well, and so do you, ma'am. So um, one day, Joelle and I are actually going to be together again. I'm going to fly to California and just get out there. So um, Joelle, seriously, it's good to have you on here. So the way I see it is that COVID was a great teacher. It really was. It taught us all a lot of lessons. It taught us that life is exactly the way we think it is until it's not. <laughs> until one day, everything changes seemingly overnight. And I don't think that's a terrible thing. There were a lot of terrible, terrible things that happened during COVID. There was a lot of loss and a lot lot of grief and a lot of illness and a lot of horrible things, but it really, really forced us all to take a deep look at who we are as a human being, as a professional, as a family person, all these different roles that we play in life. And I think that um, I work in mental health as a therapist and I work in the fitness space. And one thing is I'm seeing a lot of anxiety now, almost even more than during the pandemic about how to come out of the pandemic and how to re-enter this world as if nothing ever happened. And I guess that's what I want to say to everybody is, I don't want you to re-enter the world like nothing ever happened because a lot happened. So let's think about how we're going to re-enter the world knowing that so much has changed. So how do we experience this seismic shift within ourselves to prepare ourselves for what's next in the fitness space and in the world out there? How do we move forward differently? And before I turn the mic over to Joelle, I was I was telling Joella that I look at it like two roads. We can take the road that we know, okay, the one that we're so used to. And some people are trying to jump back onto that road as if nothing's changed. Or we can take this other road, the road full of possibility and opportunity, something that we've never experienced before. We can drive differently down that road and think about what might lie ahead so that we can move forward differently. So, Joelle, I want to ask you, as you re-enter the space and truthfully working for EOS, I know because I've talked to you all throughout, you never really left. See, that's the thing about your role. The rest of us were at home eating ding-dongs. And, um, oh, my gosh, that just made me crave ding-dongs. But anyway, I had a ding-dong in like 30 years. Anybody remember ding-dongs? Okay, side hijack there. So um, I want to ask you, as you re-enter the world, let's pretend that you're re-entering. What are you going to take with you and what are you going to leave behind? So what did you learn from COVID that you absolutely want to take with you? I absolutely want to take with me the fact that I believe 100% that people are going to come back to the gym. I've always believed that the gym is your sanctuary, your home away from home. And I don't think that COVID is going to change that. In fact, I think it's going to do just the opposite. So I want to keep that belief that, you know, people want to be with their friends. They want to be in a space with energy and motivating music and tons of equipment to use. This is stuff that you can't get at home. So I'm not going to go into that mentality. 
like a lot of people are in the industry freaking out, thinking that everything has got to be online. Everything has to be digital because I don't believe that for a second. I think people are dying to be in the gym. They need the gym. So that's what I'm bringing with me. What I'm leaving behind, and which this is a little bit uh, hard on my ego, I got to tell you, because I am leaving behind the fact that we, some of us that have been in the industry a very long time and been successful in the industry, think we know everything. And we don't. Um, things are, are changing and things are going to be different. And I do believe that, you know what, if you are a my way or the highway leader, you're going to get left in the dust. And, you know, bottom line, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to try new things. There's not just one way of thinking. And I'm excited uh, to learn more. I'll tell you, I've learned more from my teammates that have been in the business like less than a year. And I'm like, my mind is blown with some of their ideas because they challenge the things that have always been done the same way. So I'm willing to uh, leave that behind. Okay, I love that. And you know what? If you're at home listening to us right now, and if you're you're actually watching us live, I would appreciate it if you'd put in the chat, what are you taking with you and what are you leaving behind? And if you're listening to us later on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, think about that. What do you want to take with you? What do you want to leave behind? I know what I'm taking with me is way before COVID ever hit, I was a side hustle girl. I've always had a lot of things going on. I work in mental health. I work in fitness. Um, I write a lot. I do all these different things in the fitness space. I present, I go to conventions. And uh, what I really learned from the whole um, the COVID thing was that a side hustle is really, really powerful because when one egg broke or two eggs broke or three eggs broke, in other words, those things weren't an option anymore. I still had a lot of eggs in my basket that I could lean on. And way back, Eric is our producer now. And before that, we had Greg and uh, Greg's still out there, by the way. And I went to Greg and said, hey, can I host a podcast? And uh, and then I started hosting a podcast. I started uh, building women's retreats. So, you know, I started filling my basket differently and realizing the power of a side hustle. And what I'm going to leave behind is those darn long commutes. I'm done, right? I'm done. I don't have to go and drive an hour each way. And I don't have to say yes to everything. So I'm also taking with me this better um, idea of what a boundary is. What do you think? I, I agree with you 100%. And it's funny because we are really realizing that life, family, work balance is vital. And if you're driving, you know, three hours a day commuting, that absolutely can't happen in your life. You won't have balance. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And the thing is, is that so much of that, that is where this hybrid thing of kind of being partly virtual, partly live, um, it comes into play. It's finding that balance of how much do I want to be virtual? How much do I want to be live? Because I agree with what you said, that human uh, component, that touch component, that energy component, we all still really, really want that. But we also want that balance of, I can also reach people at home. I can reach them at a podcast. I can do virtual presentations at fitness conventions, that type a thing. So um, I think that the, the key for us as, as trainers and for clubs is to recognize that clients probably do want a hybrid moving forward. What are your thoughts on that, on this whole hybrid thing? I'm kind of curious where EOS is with that and where your heart is with that. Well, bottom line, um, I think that I call it a quadruple threat in the fitness side of things. So 
if you're going to really uh, build value and market yourself and really be in high demand and have a waiting list for clients, if you're a personal trainer, I feel like the quadruple effect is what's going to make you in this industry moving forward. Number one, one-on-one -on -one personal training is never going to go away in person. And you always have those people. And I think everybody needs it because it's specialized for you only. I also think that personal trainer can get burnt out doing 14 sessions a day back to back so that if you now want to teach a small group class to, to kind of brighten up your day and get people in a small group and you can still really individualize the workouts, you can make them fun, competitive, you can uh, regress the workout, progress the workout, all the different things that you can do as a one-on-one -on -one trainer. And then number three, obviously, would be the group fitness. Hey, there is nothing better than a group fitness instructor that is a popular personal trainer in the gym. Not only does it get the members excited about personal training, but it also gets those people that you know are your clients and all the other people into that room. And they're going to find out, you know what, this person is a great instructor. I bet he'd be an, he or she would be an even better trainer. It's like a win-win for both. And then lastly, Angie, what you just touched on, number four for the quadruple effect would be you got to be able to do things online because your clients aren't always going to make it into the gym. Your uh, clients are going to go on vacation. And if you can do all four of those things, I'm telling you, you will have the best career in the fitness side of the fitness industry. I love that. So I'm talking to Joella and Joella is uh, the VP of group fitness at, um, at, EOS Fitness. And uh, Joel is also a great friend and a person of great integrity and insight. So I love having her on this podcast. So I love that, Joella, that whole quadruple effect. And I think that more than ever, more than ever, I mean, we are always telling group fitness instructors, you should be, you should, or not should, but it would be great if you could also be a personal trainer and if you could teach small groups and vice versa, you know, personal trainers, you're going to put more money in your pocket. If you can teach group fitness, you're going to reach more people. But more than ever, that is so important because to have that versatility, because anytime you're teaching group fitness, clients want to work with you one-on-one. -on -one, and when you're working one-on-one -on -one, to be able to go into a fitness room and get 30 more easy, easy waiting, waiting for you kind of clients, but also being able to be online because I think that COVID really taught the fitness industry that more than anything is, you know what, that's where we used to lose people a lot is they would go on vacation and they would fall off the bandwagon. In fact, I taught an entire presentation on how, you know, clients who fall off the bandwagon clients, we lose them when they go on vacation or they get really, really busy at work. And I taught a presentation like that at Optima about, you know, keeping motivation. And I think that that's what COVID taught us is if we get online, and we offer them a hybrid, we never have to lose them. They can go on vacation and still work with us. They can have a really, really crazy three weeks at work and still work with us. And I think that that whole hybrid thing is gonna, gonna maintain its space. What do you think? I totally agree. I don't want my client training with somebody that they don't know on the internet. I want them training with me still. Um, and. I need to build value in myself as a professional. So the last thing I want to do is have them go on vacation and, you know, start doing whatever and then forget about, you know, their trainer. <laughs> that would be the last thing I'd want. Yeah. Anytime we can still keep them in our reach, anytime we can still keep them in our fold, anytime we can still touch them and reach them in some way. 
You know, what's interesting, Joella, is I was reading recently about some of the effects of COVID on the fitness industry. And one of the things that really came up and I thought, I was like, of course, of course, this makes so much sense, is that the need for mind-body programming is higher than it has ever, ever been. So yoga has grown exponentially. Any type of mindfulness and meditation, any type of meditation classes have grown exponentially because people finally, finally realize that I can't just be physically fit. I have to be emotionally and mentally fit. And people like me who've been in mental health for decades now are like, yes, it's about time the fitness world caught on and said, there is a bridge between fitness and mental health. Can we please bridge that gap? Can we please come together? I think that mind-body programming is so powerful. And I'm curious, what's it doing at EOS or what have you noticed? Oh, I've noticed a big uh, incline in the numbers based on the fact that COVID taught us, oh, we're not supposed to say COVID, are we? So that thing <laughs> taught us uh, to slow down, to slow down and that our mental, emotional, spiritual health, they're just as important as our physical health. And actually by being healthy in those areas, your physical health is going to get better. Um, I used to think, and I, I, I share this, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, that if I didn't feel like I got hit by a truck after a workout, then I didn't feel like I did anything. I felt like I was wasting my time. And now I'm realizing that slowing down, breathing, meditating, stretching, all those things that are so kind to your body really, really matter. And I'm starting to do it more. Trust me, I had never done it before. You know, it was something that I just you know, it wasn't my thing. But now I realize, you know, I want to be kind to my body. I want exercise to feel good. And I want to be this in for the in this for the long run. But I also want to feel good emotionally and mentally. And obviously, it's happening because our class numbers are through the roof already. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it also just comes into even if it's not a mind body class, or even if it's not a yoga class, it comes into how we coach and teach our clients. When people are coming out of the pandemic, they're coming out a little bit raw, a little bit nervous, a little bit anxious, a lot of internal dialogue going on. And so it comes out, what, what really comes from that is just being kinder in the way that we, we speak to ourselves and us as leaders speaking to our clients in ways that promotes that they speak to themselves in a kind way, that they set kind intentions toward themselves and that they give themselves permission to come out of COVID not being in the shape that they were beforehand, to come out of COVID feeling a little bit more anxious than they were beforehand, because when everything changes, everything changes. So giving ourselves permission to have all these different um, experiences and to kind of walk into the group in this room or the personal training room or the personal training with our personal trainer, feeling a little bit different than we used to feel, maybe feeling a little bit less empowered and, and leaving it to the trainer and the coach and the instructor to help build us back up again. Yeah, you know, I feel like I, I like the word grace. You know, we, we need to give ourselves and the members and everybody grace, you know, coming back because it is hard when you have kind of been, you know, I wouldn't say lazy because really we were just doing nothing at some point, you know, um, and it's going to affect our body and our weight and our, our attitude, you know, getting a little depressed, all that. So we give ourselves grace. We come back in, and one of the things that we've done at EOS really well now with uh, the instructors and the trainers, we try not to use language like six-pack abs or, you know, let's get those guns or, you know, whatever. And we're not trying to say, 
fit into your swimsuit summer bikini. Like that stuff to me is, that's something we need to leave behind. And we need to start talking about health and feeling great and strong, you know, no matter what size you are. So I think that's more empowering and we're really leaning towards doing that. Good. I'm glad to see that you're doing that as a whole company and a whole organization because you and I have talked about it and I've also done a whole podcast on words matter and, and the power of coaching and cueing and how we really um, people really hear what we have to say. And if we make it all about body, then we make it all about body and that shifts people's narrative and what they get out of the fitness experience. But, you know, I want to circle back for a minute because when you and I were talking about this podcast, you had told me another thing that you want to leave behind and it had to do with fear. And I really want you to touch on that because both in mental health and in fitness, I'm hearing so much about anxieties and fear. And I, I, I want you to tap into that because I loved what you said. Well, fear to me, the acronym kind of stands for false evidence appearing real. And that's real. You know, we all experience fear. Um, and I, I like to go back to what you said earlier just now about the, the two roads we can take, right? And maybe turning right is the comfortable known path. And, you know, we know we're going to be okay on that road. And we're, we might be a little complacent, but we're not taking a risk. We know we'll still do well. But there's that left turn. That's the risk. That's where we're totally afraid of the outcome. It's not the norm. It's taking out of our taking us out of our comfort zone. But to me, here's what I want to say. Let that fear go. Turn flipping left. Just turn left. And guess what? If left is the wrong way and it's a debacle, turn back and turn right. <laughs> so it's not like the end all be all. So you have to be brave enough to turn left, if that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely does. And I love your acronym for fear. And the other thing is, you know, the, the other thing that I want to leave me or that I want to take with me is giving myself permission, permission to try things differently and to know that it's okay if it, quote, doesn't work, but it's not okay if I don't try. And that's why the two roads matter. Because again, um, when we went through the pandemic, we realized that everything that we once counted on might not be there tomorrow. And so it's okay to try new things and to come out of this experience looking at life differently and wanting to try new things. I, I feel like I've read that more people have more side hustles, more people have picked up activities and, and side hobbies, more people have tapped into what's most important to them. And it has to do with kind of staying in line with your values. Where do your values lie and, and what do you want to do with your time, right? A hundred percent. I mean, the values and the, our core values at EOS, like we live and we breathe them. And that's who you are if you work for EOS. And if you don't believe in the core values that we hold, you won't last long. And so one of the things that our company is doing a little bit differently, um, you know how trainers get a new certification, learn this, do that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with certifications. NASM, we need you. Okay. We need you. But along with having all the fitness expertise, our company has really done a lot of leadership training. And this is all about um, training emotional intelligence. Uh, Prime, to Prime to Perform was a book we read about play, purpose, and potential at work. Situational leadership uh, is something that we've trained. And this is not just you know, the general manager or the district manager. This is all the above club people in every department in our company. So our company is investing in leadership training, not just niche or specific training to your department. 
Thank you. I'm so glad that you came to that. I was really hoping we were going to get to that um, sooner rather than later. So I'm talking to Joella Hopkins and she is the VP of group fitness at EOS um, at EOS Fitness. And we are talking about this seismic shift that's happened in the fitness industry and in the world. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do moving forward? How are we going to move forward differently? And um, I love that, Joella, because I think that that's key. Yes, yes, yes. We, you know, it'd be great if we could teach group fitness and we could be a personal trainer and we could be hybrid and we could do all those things. But what about the perimeter stuff, the stuff that ties into making us good at all those things, which is our leadership skills, our communication skills, our emotional intelligence. And not to put a plug in, but I'm going to shamelessly <laughs> do it. I'm teaching a whole entire course on emotional intelligence at Optima. And I've also done a couple of podcasts on emotional intelligence. If you want to look those up, emotional intelligence, in my opinion, is 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 what drives everything that I do and what drives the success of everyone that I know. If you are emotionally intelligent, we can be taught um, intelligence. We can be taught things. We can be taught science. We can be taught, um, you know, we can practice application. But emotional intelligence is a, is a little bit of intuition. And it's a lot of relearning how we approach people, coach people, talk to people and listen. And so emotional intelligence is huge. So what I hear you say, Joelle, is EOS is saying, hey, you know what, invest in those certifications. But more importantly, Joella, I need you to invest in being a better leader, a great communicator. I need you to have good emotional intelligence. I need you to have all those things that make you a person that other people gravitate to. And in fact, you and I did a podcast, Joella, where we talked about that. Um, what do we call it? Like the the person that everybody... The it, factor. the it factor where everybody just gravitates to that person at the party. That's kind of what emotional intelligence is, is having that it factor, having that charisma where you walk into a room and you can read the room and you take that not to not to manipulate people, but to actually communicate and tap into people and be able to meet them where they're at and make them feel good in that situation. So I love that. I love that EOS has picked up on that and that they're saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to just support your certs. We're going to support you as an individual and a leader. 100%. 100%. Thanks for saying that. We're working really hard. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. So, Joella, at the beginning, I talked about, I told our NASM APA audience here that we were going to talk about that. I think the important thing coming, uh, moving forward is not what you know, but what you don't know is, is constantly being aware of what don't I know? Where can I go from here? So the real question is people say, well, how, how do I move forward differently? Because I have clients ask me this all the time because here's where they get stuck. Where do I start? Where do I start? Forwards, where do I start? And that's where the paralyzing effects come in. Almost like we have, you know, we have, uh, we're stuck in quicksand and we can't move because we don't know where to start. And so I think, and Joelle and I talked about this, is starting with questions, okay? Starting with tapping into our values. And that means that we have to ask ourselves certain questions to kind of get from where we are to where we want to be. Because all throughout the pandemic, I don't know about you, Joella, but I did a lot of self-reflection. Did you? Oh, did I? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> and, you know, at the beginning, I was gung-ho. I was like working out like a fiend and getting fit and feeling great. 
And then it kind of, wah, wah, you know, <laughs> by the end of it, I was just like, oh, this is just, I'm tired of it. And then I, you know, stopped working out as much. So yeah, and I had a lot of time to really think about where am I in my life? Am I where I want to be? Am I happy? You know, what, am I feeling joy in my life? Because joy is everything. And if you don't have joy, you need to figure out why not and try to find it. I love that. And you know, it's true. I was the same way at the beginning of COVID. I was like, oh, I kind of like this hunker down thing, you know, where we stay home. And then a few months into it, and then six months into it, nine months into it, I'm like, oh my gosh, can somebody please leave the house? And uh, and by the way, I'm sick of working out with me. And so, and I'm tired of the same people. So absolutely. I did a lot of personal observation, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of introspection. And I think for most of us, we did. We really had to tap into, um, I know, Joe you were on another episode and you were talking about the dating game and I was talking about friends and I think we had to get really real with ourselves about I'm really missing this yeah. and yeah, yeah ever since that podcast by the way I joined a book club so what happens in book club stays in book club good for you that makes me so happy is it fun it is super fun. Yes. And uh, and I'm reading more. And that's something that I grew up doing. I, I grew up a really, really, really avid reader. And so I tap back into what used to bring me a lot of joy was reading and not just having to read all the science and all the stuff that I have to read. Of course, I want to read, but, you know, I want to read things like things that bring me joy, like a man called Ove, you know, and, and fun books that that make me cry a little. So yeah. um, so let's go back to these questions. So we said we got to tap into our values and we have to ask ourselves questions, questions, questions. So I think, Joelle, you hit on a really powerful question is, um, what brings me joy? And if there's nothing in my life right now that's bringing me joy, then gosh, darn it, I got to figure that out. But um, one of the questions is that I would encourage people to ask, and I hope you're asking this right now. I hope you are literally going through this exercise with us right now and put it into the chat box and share it because this isn't just about me and Joella. This is about you. I really want to hear from you. Um, but what is important to your emotional health? And, and I know that seems like, a, you know, you're like, well, but what what is important to your emotional health? What brings you joy? What makes you feel good? What builds you up? And, and what ties into that is who are the people involved? What are the activities involved? Where's the location? Get deep with this. What is really important to your emotional health? So what's something you would ask, Joella? Well, I... Uh like I said earlier, one of the uh, trainings that we had um, at our retreat for all the above club managers, we, we kind of picked apart a book called Primed to Perform. And the three things that I'm telling you, I learned so much from this book. So if any of you out there can read the book Primed to Perform, I recommend it highly. Now, it gets a little dry, <laughs> but they have three things that you need to figure out to make people happy at work and feel motivated to go to work and to stay at work. Number one, and the most important one is what they called play. So are you playful at work? Are you, um, do you enjoy your coworkers? Do you have fun? Do you make work fun? Um, are you enjoying like joking around sometimes? Obviously we've got to work and I'm not talking about going and playing ping pong together, you know, in the, in the, on the fitness floor. I'm talking about, are you smiling? Are you laughing? Do you like the people you work with? So that's number one. The other question I'm going to ask you, do you feel like you have a purpose at work? So play purpose. 
do you feel like you're making a difference in people's lives? Or are you just methodically going about your day? Are you really, really changing lives? Because most of us got into the fitness business for that reason. So if you've gotten away from that somehow, you got to find that purpose again. And then the last one, number three, which we call the third P, is potential. Are you learning? Are you growing? Do you feel like you matter and that you're heard? And do you feel like there's potential for you to grow in your career where you're at? So I ask those questions to myself all the time. And me right now, the answer is yes to all three of those. And I'm hoping that people can start asking themselves those three questions because that's where joy in the workplace is going to come from. I love that so much. You know, um, that makes a lot of sense. The whole play thing, you know, being able to have fun at work, but having a purpose, feeling like you're not just a number in an organization or whatever it might be, but having that purpose and then feeling like, is there potential for growth? Because I think that when we, we get pigeonholed or we pigeonhole ourselves and we feel like there's no place for us to grow, we have to feel like we can grow within an organization. So, you know, I took a lot of, um, I worked with a marketing coach and uh, kind of a leadership coach throughout COVID. And I also took another course, a one day course from a great coach. And do you know, she used a philosophy and I can't think of the author. I'm going to have to think about this, but he's, he's very, very famous. He's written a lot of books. He works with people on branding and coaching and leveling up and how to get what you really want. And he uses this exercise where you start with your funeral. You have to write your obituary. And in writing that obituary, you have to think about what do you want people to remember you for? What do you most want people to remember you for? What kind of impact do you most want to make? What would you want your obituary to sound like? You know, and so that involves who's going to be there at your side when you pass and, and you're gone. And what are they going to think about you and say about you? What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? And I got to tell you, writing that obituary, I was crying. I was deep diving. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm way over here. And really I need to be further over here. And I'm missing this and I'm missing that. So there's all these different ways that you can figure out um, who am I now and where do I want to be? Oh, wow. That kind of brought tears to my eyes talking about my obituary and your obituary, because you know what? Bottom line, what do you want to be remembered for? Right. Do you want to be remembered for, you know, how many formats you're able to teach or how many clients you had during the month of March and, you know, 2022? No, you want to be remembered for how you helped people and how you uh, were a beacon of hope for people at times and how uh, you really. Uh, I guess the skill that always hits me the most with emotional intelligence, did you really have empathy for people and could they feel that from you genuinely? So that's a, that's a big one, Angela. I'll have to do that myself. Yeah, it was actually really good. I have the whole manual on that training and um, just again, you know, writing from the, from the end and moving backwards is a very powerful way to say, well, if this is how I want to end and this is what's going to be said at my uh, at my, you know, is this this is how my obituary is going to read. Then the other thing that we did, and I've done this a couple of times, actually, I took a workshop in acceptance and commitment therapy and we did that exact same exercise there that we did in this workshop. And that was the other thing that we had to do. And <clears throat> this one really hit me. And um in writing the obituary, we then had to say, okay, what age am I now? 
And what age am I going to live to be? And of course, that's a speculation. Okay. But it just goes to show that if you're 20 years old and you're saying, I'm going to live till 80, well, you're looking at a lot more time than I'm personally looking at because my timeline is considerably shorter of when I'm going to reach 80. Now, let's not age me. I'm not going to reach 80 tomorrow, but I'm going to reach it a lot sooner than you 20 and 30 year olds and even you 40 year olds. And so that's very provocative too, is writing out that timeline. If I'm going to live to be 80 and this is the age I am now, and this is what my obituary is going to read. Ah, okay. Yeah. I've only got this much space. So how am I going to make the most of the life that I want to live? And what's the most, the greatest impact that I can make? What's my legacy that I want to leave behind? 100%. 100%. I mean, you know, I, I'm right there with you, you know, and, and I'm a work in progress. And I am really trying, though, I have to say that I would say over the last, you know, 10 years, I've really tried to dig deeper and figure out, you know, what am I here for? You know, what am I doing? What what matters to me and how can I really um, not just have a title, you know, or um, be at the top of a position, you know, a role in a company or something. But how can I truly work and live my passion? How can I uh, mentor and coach others. I feel like I've I've entered a different season in my life, and my goal now is not to just make it about me, 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 me. And you know, being an only child and being single for so long, you know, that's hard because yeah, I can be a little selfish. And you know, I'm really working on making it about others and giving others the moment to shine. That's really important to me at this point in my career. I love that. And, you know, you have been, you and I have talked a lot about that, about, you know, being that person who that's what led me into becoming a university instructor was I wanted to, I knew that I wasn't going to be in the fitness space forever. I wanted a way to pay it forward. And so teaching stress management, management and sports psychology to college students was, um, and I also taught methods of group fitness, um, mm -hmm. was my way of saying, hey, I can't be in this space forever but I can share my passion with some young people who are gonna be in the space a lot longer than me. And if I can reach them in some way and I can make their fitness journey um, more powerful and I can make a marked impact on their lives so that they go do the same for other people, then that's my way of carrying on a legacy, right? Love it. And that just gave me chills. Yes, that's what it's all about. And I just feel like that's, our purpose at this point when you know we've been doing this for a while and we do have so much to offer the younger generation and younger people um and there is a career in fitness you know there is a career in fitness if you're willing to put the work in um a lot of people think that you know there isn't a career you can't make the money you know you can't you know you can't teach 15 classes a week for the rest of your life and no you can't but if you really want to encompass fitness, you've got to get in there. You've got to work hard. And I'm telling you, with help from people like us mentoring you, you can get there. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some other questions that you think that you would ask people to ask themselves right now in order to be able to move forward and take that other road? What are some other questions that you've kind of asked yourself that you think would be powerful to share with everyone listening? Um, I, I think we touched on it earlier, work life and family balance. I think that's one thing. But I also think 
you know, the time is now. Here's what I think. And ask this yourself this question. Is there something that I've always wanted to do that I just haven't done? Procrastinating or, you know, there's this disruption in your life or there's a risk and you're a little bit fearful, like we talked about earlier. What is it that you're not doing that now is your chance? I'm telling you, there are two sets of people right now coming out of this, this into this new uh, world that we're coming into right now. There's the one group that's going to go right back and say, let's get back into the game. We want to be back to normal. Let's get back in there and do everything that we were doing before that we know we were successful doing. That's one group. Okay. Second group is going to be like, wow, this is like open territory now. I have so many chances to do things differently. You know, I don't have to, you know, do it the same way it's always been done. I don't have to be pigeonholed into one little realm of my career. Now take the risk. Like, I know this sounds stupid, but no, it's really not stupid. I'm going to take a Spanish class. What does that have to do with fitness? I don't know. But you know what it's going to do is help my company because in our gyms in Arizona, we have many Spanish speaking individuals and I would love to be able to communicate with them in their language. So even though that doesn't sound like it's helping me in my career fitness, it's helping my company and helping me with people. So little things like that. And also just say to yourself, you know, if somebody tells you this is the way we've always done it, don't try to recreate the wheel, run the other way. That's all I'm going to say, because those are the people that are going to stay the same and maybe even backslide backwards. The people that are saying, no, hey, let's recreate the wheel are the people that are going to rise up in this industry moving forward. I, I believe that 100 percent. I think so, too. And I think you put it perfectly, Joella, because I think that there are a lot of young people entering this space. And there's also a lot of people entering this space from the world of marketing, the world of PR, the world of business, who have this uh, amazing uh, leg up on how to be able to market and do PR and do all the things that it takes to get their reach out there to get people to pay attention. And so we are kidding ourselves if we say that I just want things to be the way that they used to be, because the whole idea of a reset is that we reset that when when life changes we change with it and that we don't try to recreate what we used to have instead we create something new take the re out of there and just think about creating and moving forward because there is a lot of potential in the fitness space right now and i think that if we try to latch on to what we know we're going to get lost in those who are thinking about what they don't know we're going to get left behind with the same old same old traditional because there's nothing traditional about fitness right now there's absolutely nothing traditional you know say what you will about social media and how a lot of people are getting attention out there who may not have credentials at the end of the day it is what it is right so yeah. how do you make an impact how do you reach people and how do you tap into what means the most to you in doing that right and and there is no there's nothing you can't do well i think people get so overwhelmed with a plan having the perfect plan and then then it becomes too big and they get stressed out and anxious and overwhelmed and you know, you don't need the perfect plan. You just start. Don't start tomorrow. No excuses. Just start. Whether that means you do some research on the internet, if you're calling somebody with experience, if you're asking for help or whatever it is, sign up for that class. Don't wait another day. That's the best advice I can give somebody. If you wait for the perfect plan, you're never going to move forward.
Yep, absolutely. I think so too. And I think that that's why I had to hire somebody to help coach and mentor me because I was going to keep waiting. I needed somebody to give me the courage and to be able to do the things that I don't do well, which is marketing and all those other things. So Joella Hopkins, who is not only a friend, but she is VP of EOS Group Fitness. Uh, she always has great insight. And today we were talking about that seismic shift how to, you got two roads. We're not going to go back to the way things used to be. We have hit a major reset. So how are we going to figure it out moving forward? And I love what you said, Joella, that you are going to uh, take up Spanish. I am wanting to invest in learning how to play piano. So whatever we can do to change our brain, change the way that we look at life, I think that that is a powerful way to move forward. But the one last thing that I want to say to all of you out there is I think one of the best things that we can do in this space is to help somebody else enter this space, to not be threatened, to not be, um, to not think that it's going to enroach on what we do. Or um, in fact, the more that we help other people, the more that we realize where our talents and strengths lie, the more empowering it is for us. Because if we can teach somebody else and we see that light bulb moment come on or we see them being built up, then we feel built up. So help other people to make a mark in this world and that will help you to make an even bigger mark. So thank you so much, Joella, for joining us. Um, I wish you all the best in getting through this seismic shift and re-entering the world the best way that you see fit. So thanks to the NASM and Apple audience. We will see you next time. Mm -hmm.